0: Good morning, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. As we were praying up here with the worship team this morning, as we do every Sunday, uh, a scripture just rose up in my spirit. It, it's um, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to a yoke of slavery. It's actually a song that we sang growing up at our church based on a scripture. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's not for struggle. It's not for suffering. We have been set free to walk in freedom, to be a light to the world, to be the place where people come to get free. It was for freedom that he came and he died and he rose again. Gosh, and we just rejoice in that this morning. We rejoice in that this morning.
1: Well, stand with me. I'm going to do a call to worship this morning. It's out of Psalm 29. It says this. It says, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Church, you realize this morning you are a mighty one. You are a mighty one because of him through you, because of what he's done in you and through you. You are a mighty one. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So, Father, we come before you today. We worship you this morning. We give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory. We thank you, Lord, that you are sitting on the throne and we come before you, eyes open, ears open to what you'll do today in our lives. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's worship.
0: I felt led of the Lord to come up before we even move into the second song and I just know that when my children are afraid or when they're struggling with something when they hide it from me I cannot help them because I don't know because they're clutching it tightly and they're tucking it away in their hearts and I can't help them and so this morning the Lord would say run to me run to me my children Run to me with everything. That sin that you're so ashamed of, I know about it already. So run to me In our house, Jason would only have to say that once, and there's not a single well, maybe the older girls would hesitate for a sec. But those little ones, man, they just run, they just run, and there's something there, isn't it? Sometimes it's the youngest that, that just trusts the most in their daddy's love. Sometimes, the longer we've been walking with the Lord, we think, Oh, we know, we know him, we got this, and sometimes we forget to run to him with abandon. Sometimes we forget that he longs to clean up our messes. He longs to make us clean over and over and over again. He longs for us to come to the well of his love over and over and over again, and trust in it over and over and over again. It was for freedom that he set us free. I was talking this morning, I was talking about when I was 22, and you know, I felt free, just got married. I felt free and loved and excited for the future. And Jason and I, we came to this church 1999, this was our first church, our only church, and we jumped right into small group ministry. You know, we had small groups, and I think about that girl, and I'm, what was she talking about? Because, I mean, what God did is the little bit of freedom I had, I shared, and it was imperfect, you know, but I reached out and said, This is what I know, this is who He is, this is who I know Him to be. And He took that little offering of all that I had and he multiplied it. So it's for freedom that he set me free, not so I can go and retire to the good life of freedom, but so that I could multiply freedom. So I reach back and I say again and over and over this is who I know him to be. And we know from Pastor Andy's teaching, it it haunts me. You want to know what haunts me? Is go away from you. I, go away from me. I never knew because I know him he knows me but when I see Christians especially those ones who have walked with walked with the Lord for so long but there's so much evidence like do you even know him listen to what's the words that are coming out of your mouth you're not that's not him That's not him. It, that haunts me so I stand up here and I, I speak the heart of the Father to you because that's his heart that's his heart says run to me but no, you don't hesitate you don't think I got this I'm good I'm good dad you run you run to him we're going to take communion together this morning communion is a is the supernatural impartation of grace we do it every week because guess what every week I need another supernatural impartation of grace it's not a one and done every week Yes, please, and thank you. Now, you don't have to do it every week. I don't know why we don't do it every day. Because I want to remember Jesus. I want to bring the power of the cross, the bloodshed, and the body broken. I need it today. I need it now. Because if I'm on mission, if I'm fighting for freedom, well, then I need it. If I'm resting and relaxing, not that there's anything wrong with rest. I woke up today. It's Sunday. It's the Ackerman rest day. Both of us were like, oh, it's rest day. We bribe our children for two hours of utter quiet in the middle of the day. And they they do it because we, we have 20 years of bribery experience wrong with rest, but it's rest after the battle. It's after the fight. It's after you've gone or you're, you're in the middle of it and you rest and you refill and you partake of the father. You run to him for more. Father, I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. So today I just speak deliverance over this body of believers that that for freedom, we would be free, that there's no torment of the enemy anymore in the hearts, in the minds, in the bodies of this people in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We are going to come into unity and agreement in that, and we're going to take communion this morning. The little plate in the middle is gluten-free. I release you now, even as I'm speaking, to come down straight these aisles and take your elements and circle back around, circle back around to your seats and hold on to those elements. Pastor Jason's going to come up we're going to take communion together this morning. We're going to stand together in unity
1: Us all just to take a moment, just reflect on what's already been said here this morning. Whatever it is, the situation, the circumstance, the pain, whatever it is, take it to Him now. Just run to Him now. You know that what we're about to do, the partaking of communion, His body broken, His blood shed, made it possible for us to run to the Father. Because when that happened, that veil was torn. When, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, the veil of the temple was torn in two. It was ripped in half with a mighty power of God to make a way for every one of us to know him. To know him and to run to him. So let's go to him this morning. self, literally picking that thing up and placing it at the base of the cross this morning. Just saying, Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. The freedom paid for by Jesus on the cross, for where the spirit of the Lord is is. There is freedom. There is liberty. There is wholeness. There is life. There is healing. There's restoration. Because of the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. This problem. He doesn't care about this issue. I'd like to tell you this morning that he does. He does care. He says, Cast all your cares onto him. He knows the count of every hair on your head. He loves you so much. Just bring it to him this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the price paid, the body broken, the blood shed. We thank you, Lord, for the resurrection. We thank you, Lord, that it is as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. And that everything that we just brought before you and laid down at the altar, at the cross, that you are taking care of every one of those things. With your perfect will, in your perfect time. We thank you for it. In your name, Lord. The Bible says, "Sir, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. But the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks. He broke it. He said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Lord, we worship you, we honor you, we glorify you, and we run to you this morning run to you this morning with everything we are with everything we have as fast as we can we run to you today in your precious name amen stand with me as we continue to worship the altars are open
0: in the past few weeks, I've talked about how, how many times have I worshiped? Worship is a part of my story from the earliest that I came to know God is the only place where I really could feel him or have a sense of him. Um, even pictures like renderings of Jesus looked so much like my dad, the beard, like it just made it so hard for me to Jesus in our house, you know, you just won't because I want to see Him face to face. He's too wonderful for me to imagine here on earth. Um, can't wait to see His face. Can't wait to see my dad's face because he's in heaven with Jesus right now. As we were singing, the Lord showed me like every time you worship, every time you press in, the the soil inside of your heart it shakes. And those things that he has planted and he has watered and that he brings increase to only become more strongly rooted. But those things that the enemy, those lies that he has planted, because doesn't he just only copy God? That he has planted and that he has reinforced and he has watered, those roots begin to loosen. And there's this image of um, that I, I shared it this morning, but. I've had it for a real long time of this, these massive like redwoods fallen over and all the roots are visible. And I have prayed, God, let that be my freedom. Let that be my freedom. Let the spirit of fear that was planted before I was even born and it was watered and it was nurtured. And now I know that I had even, I had even watered it. I had even tended it unknowingly blinded eyes. Let that be my freedom. So church, when you press into worship, it's it's not about the volume and it's not about the perfection. It's not about even the perfect lyrics though. I would argue that's pretty important. Um, when you choose to close your eyes and to block out the, the, the distractions that are in here, the condemnation that would try to separate you, the shame that would try to separate you, the doubt like, mm, I don't know about this when you just press into who he is and stand in truth, man, he's doing the work on the inside of you. This is why church is important. This is why we come. This is why this community matters. It's important because he is doing the work on the inside of us just as we stand in his presence, as we worship him. Not, You're not accomplishing as much as you think you are when you're trying to be good all week you're actually just spinning your wheels he just wants to know you he just wants to empower you his grace and his love can cover your failure what it cannot do is partner with your pride he just wants us to surrender to him and let him do the work and it's such a beautiful picture this morning he's got freedom for us
1: I'm going to read this scripture out of John 6 as we close out this time of worship. It says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of the Father who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So Father, we do, we come before you. We thank you. We thank you. We bless you. Jesus, we thank you. We trust in you. We give it all to you this morning. We thank you for that bread of life that can only come from you. Give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: will be up front here there's also a lockbox to the left of the door when you bring your tithes and offerings do it with joy because the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver and he's trustworthy not just with your heart but with everything so that's available to you on the, on the back of your seats there's a connection card it's a space for you to write prayer requests or praise reports or testimonies. Um, it really is the best way to get to us. Um, it's the most direct way. I said this last week, only about four people see those. They're four trustworthy people. Um, if it's confidential, mark that, and it won't go out to the whole prayer team. Um, if it's just like pastoral, you could just write pastoral only, and it will only be seen by us. But a couple people shared last week um, about God revealing some things. Um, You know, sometimes we run to God with, like, let's just say we run to Him with anger. Like, God, I just am losing my temper. I'm angry all the time. If you run to Him, He'll begin to show you why. If you have the courage to let Him. And you get free. So, praise God. Um, Use those cards. They go in the offering buckets. Nursery is open, ages 0 to 3. Kid Corner. um, If you're an ECF kid, your bag is over there for you to Hang out and listen to the sermon. We also have the family room open and ECF Littles for ages four through six. So let's take a couple minutes and then we'll come back together.
1: All right, church, if they could grab their seat. I got just a couple announcements for us this morning, then we'll get into the word. What God has for us. Uh, the first announcement is uh, many of you know this already, but we have a fantastic, fantastic school uh, that is a ministry of this church and is called Leadership Christian Academy. And it is a wonderful Christian school for kids pre K through eighth grade, uh, pre K through eighth grade. And on February 3rd, we're having a winter fest. Uh, and there's little uh, postcards here on that back table right when you go out the door. Uh, who's giving their hands? Who's clapping here for hey, There you go. All right. Uh, we're having a winter fest. There'll be bounce houses, playing games. There's s'mores out in the parking lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I would encourage you, if you know of anyone who is interested in a Christian education for their son or daughter that's in that age range, pre-K through 8th, uh, we, it's a great time to get them to the school, get introduced to the school, meet the principal and the teachers, uh, get a chance to walk around and see the facilities and all that good stuff. So it's February 3rd. It's a Friday night from 630 to 8 p.m. That's coming up. And again, there's a uh, postcard on the back table there when you go out. You can grab a couple if you want to, uh, if you have somebody in mind. And then the second one, we are in our time of 21 days of fasting and prayer, as we start, uh, start the year, we do this as a congregation. Uh, every year we've done it. We've talked about maybe switching it up a little bit. Maybe we'll do that next year. But one, I want to say fasting and prayer is not just for 21 days in the beginning of the year. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of fasting and prayer all throughout the year. But as a congregation, we do it for 21 days. We are two weeks in and one week to go. Uh, and what we do have is a prayer and fasting guide, which is basically some scriptural prayers. That's also on that back table and in the lobby uh, on, the, uh, on the column there. You can grab it there. So just a couple quick announcements for you this morning uh, to uh, check out. And then also I was mentioning to somebody, just check out our website too. Uh, you can like us on all the social media things, but check out our website. It's got information up there uh, for you guys as well, Bible reading plans and all the other stuff uh, that we talk about. Okay, uh, so I have an offering scripture here this morning, Luke chapter 11, verse 28. And it says this, it says, but he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Or another translation says, and do it. And so for me, when I read this, so of course, if you're doing the Bible reading with us, we are reading through Luke right now. Uh, in the New Testament this scripture just popped out at me it says more than that blessed are those who hear the word how many of you know you're about to hear the word you're about to hear it but it's even more blessed though go ahead and do it go ahead and do the word and it says in the Bible over and over about you know faith without action is dead and so what the Lord's encouraging us is, we talk about giving and, and we want to be givers, but the Lord is encouraging us is it's good to hear the word, but it's also good for us just to go do the word. Amen? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you help us to be doers and not just hearers only. Father, we bring to you our finances, every gift, every giver, Father God, we, we just lift them up to you. We bless them in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are working and moving in their finances and in their life as they submit to you, uh, even just their checkbooks, Father God, and their bank accounts, Lord, that you just, that they would just trust you more and more and more with every area of their life. And Father, as we get into your word today, that you would just reveal to us new truth, Father God, and remind us of truth we already know. We just praise you and worship you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke, let's go to Luke 9, and we'll get there in a minute. But we are, I'd say in the middle, but I feel like we're getting towards the end now of the Believer's Authority sermon series that we're doing. We started this before Christmas, and the Lord has just been pressing this on our hearts. And we have mentioned this before, it's not just us, it's being talked about in many churches all across the globe. Uh, It's coming through prophetic words. It's a lot of the stuff that's being, just that the Lord is speaking to the church at large. And so really how this whole sermon series started for me personally, is the Lord told me one day, he said this, he said, stop praying for things in which I gave you authority over. I mean, we talk, I mean prayer is so important and we need to pray, but the Lord specifically, like... You keep coming to me and saying, I just pray that I will sleep better. And I will pray I will do this and this. And all these things are good and we need to bring our casting and our cares to the Lord. But he just revealed to me, he says, I have given you authority because of who I am and what I've already done, what I've already accomplished. So please go use that authority and use my name for everything that I paid that price for. And we've been walking through this scripture in Mark. I want to read it again <clears throat> here this morning. And this is Mark's interpretation, basically, of, the, of how Jesus is, is, is talking about the Great Commission. It says this, <clears throat> and it's important to note, the Great Commission. And we know the Great Commission in Matthew. We've heard it before. But here's how Mark kind of looks at it or defines it. He says this, and he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, go into all the world... This is Mark 16, 15. I know you're in Luke. It's okay. And preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Big words. Ones we should meditate on for sure. 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow. We talked about there's a list of them. There's four or five depending on how you break them out. Signs that will follow those who believe. If you are a believer, if you have accepted Jesus Christ and your Lord and Savior, these are signs, signposts. These are directional things that are pointing to the Great Commission and Jesus' goodness and His faithfulness and what He's done for us on the cross. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name... in my name which which means we use the name of Jesus but this means that we are ambassadors of Christ's kingdom in my name it's like we are a christian it's in the name of Christ we are coming we are we are walking this earth we are part of his kingdom we are part of his kingdom In my name. So because he is part of us and we are part of him and we are part of his kingdom, the rules of the world and the governing operations of the world do not apply to us in the spiritual realm. Now the signpost that says don't speed and you go 25, 30 miles an hour over the speed limit and there's a police officer there, that is a rule you probably should consider following because they will pull you over. But in the spiritual realm, what we're talking about, which is in truly the reality, God has given us authority in the spiritual realm. These are the rules. These are the things that will follow us in the spiritual realm. In my name, they will cast out demons. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, went, we did a couple weeks on what that means, what that looks like on casting out demons. It says they will speak in new tongues. We talked about that last week, and hallelujah, somebody came up and got prayed for and got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit after church, hallelujah. Verse 18, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. We talked about how this world there is danger, and there's things that are happening, and God has given us, and many of us have stories of His supernatural covering and protection That he has done over our lives. Many of you have heard or been on the prayer request list of Travis and Sophia Newcamp. It was Sophia Ives. She grew up at this church. They got into a really bad car accident. Uh, This was over the holidays. And the amount of miracles, the amount of miracles that God performed in his supernatural protection over that car and over their lives cannot be ignored. It cannot be ignored, and these things we're talking about are signs for those who don't believe. This is the Great Commission. These are signs to encourage us and to show those who don't believe that there is a God. When someone walks up and you pray for them and a demon is cast out, you can't sit there and be like, "Hmm, well, that's interesting." You're like, "Oh my gosh! Look at this! This is amazing!" And when things that should occur in supernaturally, God's protection and covering happen. And when you're driving 70 miles an hour and you hit a tree almost head on and the car is completely ruined and you walk away with a broken leg. I mean, it's a pretty severely broken leg. But the ravine being this far off of going down 30 feet... I mean, the amount of miracles of God's testimony of leading them, listen to me, church, of leading them to buy a certain car, a Subaru, at a certain dealership, when Sophia sat in that car, she said, I have peace, this is the one. Come on, guys, you think even buying a car, we just shouldn't take anything we do lightly. She had peace about that car, and I'm telling you, God directed them to that dealership, to that car, and it was that car's safety rating that helped them save their lives. Only God. Only God can do these things. And so these are signs that are just our testimonies that we can see that God works and does. It's amazing. And the one we're going to focus on this week is, it's the last one here, it says, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And there's going to be some encouragement here today, and we're going to do this a little bit at the end, but there's just some encouragement that this is the believer's authority, this is the believer's God has given us the authority to go and lay hands on the sick. And I typically, I, I, you know, I, I challenge us, don't, don't raise your hands, but we were in the series or in that portion about casting out demons, I was like, well, how many of you in the last month have cast out a couple demons? Right, and you don't have to raise your hands. But I had the sense that there wasn't a whole lot of hands even wanting to go up, right? Well, I have the same question for this one. How many people recently have you made a relationship with and talked to or saw and said, Hey, can I pray for you for a second? And lay hands on them and ask the Lord to supernaturally touch their lives. And because I know that God wants to do miraculous signs and wonders. And we're going to talk a little bit of why sometimes it seems like he doesn't. And we did a whole little series on that. And I'm going to just briefly talk about that. But I want to encourage us that these are the signs that believe. So if you're not laying hands on the sick, guess what? How are they going to recover? If it's an unbeliever and they're there and they don't know the Lord... ...and you say, hey, I've heard miracle testimony after testimony. You pray for somebody... Uh, you pray for somebody, and something happens miraculously in their body. And you say, that's, that's God. That's Jesus. And it's a sign to those who are unbelievers. So what is a sign? I love, we have this definition Pastor Andy gave a couple weeks ago. What is a sign? Signs are used to notify people of a direction that they are on or in a direction in which to go. They point people somewhere. These signs that are listed point people to Jesus. Jesus. They point people to Jesus. God gave us this authority to be able to operate and do these things for one purpose only. Not for our glory. Not for us to be able to, hey, look what I did. You didn't do anything. Come on, church. Look what I did. That's like, if you ever start with a sentence like that, you ought to stop and not finish it. Okay? You know, the other day when I was, whoop, stop. The other day when, when the Lord was with me, and I was able to pray for someone, and look what the Lord has done. Amen. Isn't that a song? Look what the Lord. Ha- I'm not gonna sing it. You guys remember? That? Look what the Lord has done. What's that? I am singing? It. He healed my body, mind, me just in time. Oh, I'm gonna praise His name. Okay, man. We're gonna get into a little worship service. Sid thought worship was done. we're not gonna. We're gonna get going. Yeah. So hallelujah, Where did we, how do we get off of that? Yeah, look what the Lord has done. Yeah, because the Lord is, when, he, when we're walking with Him, he had, these signs follow us because of Him, because of what He has done. These are these signs. <clears throat> and then a believer, a believer is anyone who holds an unwavering, a strong, unwavering belief in the truth of something. So these signs will follow those who believe. You have to believe, If you are here this morning and you don't believe, and you don't believe in Jesus, then that's the first step to making any of this thing work. It's the first step to making your life work. You might have been trying over and over and over and over and leaving Jesus out of it. Can I tell you something? It doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. I've tried it on my own. I've tried it. How many of us have tried it on our own? You can raise your hands for this one because I know we're all in the same camp. Yeah, yeah. We've tried it on our own, all of our strength, all, everything. The struggle, the consistency. I'll press through. I'll fight through. I'll pull myself up. I will do it. Good luck with that. Yeah? I keep learning over and over. The Lord's like, no, no, no. It doesn't work there. You have to lean on me. You have to trust in me. I'm the one leading. I'm the one guiding. And this authority is a delegated power the right to command and enforce obedience. Woo! Big words. To command and enforce obedience. I don't have these two things on the overhead, but I want to just read this to you. Without authority, you have no right to use the power. There is no power. But because of his authority. And without power, that backing of God, your authority is meaningless. Without the power of Christ behind you and being a believer and trusting in him, your authority is meaningless. You have no ability or strength to produce anything on your own. And when we say this in the name of Jesus and we pray in the name, this is not a fancy formula. This is not, and we've talked about this before, this is not, you don't just get to walk around and in the name of Jesus, everything that you don't like that's happening. Uh, in the name of Jesus, I'm so sick of my boss, I wish they would leave. In the name of Jesus, you know, if my spouse would just. You should stop that sentence right there as well. That's like marriage counseling, you know, 101. If my spouse would just. You know, normally it's like, okay, how about me? Lord, I need to look in the mirror. What about me? What can I do differently? Yeah, what, what is the thing that I need to do differently? But we have to remind you that we can't just, in the name of Jesus, everything... That doesn't go our way and think that that's going to all just work out. Sometimes things don't always work out the way in which we want them to. How many know that to be the truth? The Bible says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. In the world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. Try to smile when you're going through the difficult things. Yeah, (laughs) Hard to do. Be of good cheer for I have overcome. Come the world. It's because of Jesus. And in this whole series, and I believe the Lord, I have a testimony that has come out of this. Well, there's a lot of testimonies, and I've, get, I've shared a lot of them. But for me personally, there was this, um, this thing I was challenged with, the sleep apnea. How many of you guys remember I was telling you about the sleep apnea thing? And I was in the name of jesus if that's even a thing. I was in the name of jesus the sleep apnea, and said, in the name of jesus You need to stop and go away, and you need to stop disrupting my sleep, and I will breathe as I sleep. And those were all good things, but the Lord wanted to do something different. The Lord had other ideas, and what I was clear as day, I was laying on the couch, having trouble sleeping in the middle of the night, and the Lord said, it's not sleep apnea, it's acid reflux. So I've been in the name of jesus Sleep apnea, which actually wasn't even the problem or what was occurring in my life. And because I was just attuned to the Holy Spirit, I was able to see that, you know what? It's not sleep apnea, it's acid reflux, which is causing me to choke or to lose my breath in the middle of the night. I said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? He said, stop eating after dinner. And raise your pillow up just a little bit. So I jammed a little wedge underneath my mattress... And I stopped eating dinner. Or oh, I stopped eating dinner. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the middle of the fast, so sometimes things, you know, are, are clicking on all cylinders, right? Yes, I've been fasting dinner periodically. But, no, I stopped eating after dinner. And I have not woken up in the middle of the night from losing breath ever since. And so it was, I said in the name of Jesus, but he, what he did is he helped me through this situation, He led me and guided me, and I was attuned to the Holy Spirit, and I thought it was this, but it wasn't this, it was that, and I had to seek the Lord and ask him, well, what actually is it? And he showed it to me, and then he told me what to do. And Granted, I did Google after that, Then the next day. I did Google, you know, acid reflux, and what are the top things you can do for acid reflux. Google is not the devil, but I can tell you what, go to Jesus first. Come on, guys. Go to Jesus, go to God, go to the Holy Spirit, and ask him first. I'm telling you, I'm serious about this. Even before going to the doctor, actually, Chet and I had a wonderful conversation uh, last Sunday before church. We were talking about divine healing, and we were just looking at, well, well, if you break your leg, do you just stop and then just begin to pray over your leg and, and say, God, supernaturally take these bones and put them back together and heal these wounds up? And my answer was, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And if you don't see that supernatural miracle happen instantaneously, then for a good reason, he's given us a brain and says, well, hmm, the next logical step then is to go ahead and go to the hospital and get an x-ray and get this leg fixed up and then let the Lord continue to work and heal me as I go. But the first thing we do, the first thing we do, the first thing we do is go to the Lord. The first thing we do, not to Google, not to the hospital, not anywhere, we go to the Lord, and he will lead you, and he meets you where you are. Just because some people don't run to the hospital doesn't mean that you are a failure that you went to the hospital when you had a little bit of an illness. The Lord meets you right where he knows where your faith is. Don't not go to the hospital and sit around and be in fear and anxiety that there might be something wrong and I'm going to die and I'm so worried about everything and I have super anxiety. Go to the hospital. Don't try to have faith. Don't try to believe these things, church. Don't try to do it. Believe them, and if you're not quite there, then continue to press in the Word until you believe them. But while you're working on that, which we're all working, this is a journey, right? Apostle Paul taught us a journey. We're on this journey. While we're on this journey, seek the Lord first and go with peace and where He has you. Amen? Okay. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Again, this is a sign to unbelievers. And I. There's so many testimonies in our church and where God has supernaturally healed people by the laying on of hands. And I it's amazing what God has done. I have a list of testimonies. I'm not going to share them. I write down. Of all the times, God has supernaturally healed stuff. So Luke chapter 9. I know that's where you're at. I'm finally there. When he called his 12 disciples together, he gave them power and authority. He gave it to them. They didn't earn it. Come on, church. They didn't earn it. It wasn't like, well, they prayed the special prayer and they read two more scriptures of the Old Testament. The New Testament wasn't written then. So they read two more verses in the Old Testament than everybody else. And so God said, hmm, okay, you get to have it. No, it wasn't anything they did. They were called disciples. What They followed him. What did Je- how did Jesus call his disciples? Follow me. That's all he said. Follow me. And these disciples said, Okay, okay, sure, I'll follow you. So those who choose to follow him and say, okay, Jesus is calling, follow me, you say, okay. He has given them, he's given us the power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. What? And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Jesus sends us out to go and do, to go out and preach the gospel, to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece, basically saying, go and trust me for your provision while you're out there. He told them to do two things. He said, preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. The kingdom of God, it's all we talked about that earlier. Being in the kingdom is a kingdom that glorifies God. That gives his message, his gospel. And when he says heal the sick, I think we all think physically, but I think it means more than that. I think it means going out and praying for people, not just seeing arms and elbows that once was sore, now not being injured anymore. I'm talking about him getting, just God doing a supernatural work on the inside of us. And these external healings, these physical healings we see, are only a part of God's plan for your life. The plan for, his, for the plan that he has for your life is so much more than that. So much more than that. We're going to get into that. So Jesus gave them authority first, and then sent them to go do it. Now that you are here and listening to this series of the Believer's Authority... You need to understand that Jesus has given you that authority. and He's asking us to go do it. He's asking us to go do these things and see these things happen. I'm going to skip the verse, uh, Luke 10, right now, but I want to go into this. I want to just talk about sickness for a second, because I think it just, I want to help you guys frame it or understand it a little bit. Sickness is not from God. Okay, this is a biblical principle, you can see it all throughout the Bible. Sickness is not from God. But I believe there are three different ways in which sickness comes. And I think it's important for us to understand and see these things, because what Jesus did is he gave us all power over the enemy. And sometimes there are sicknesses that come in our life that aren't necessarily only from the enemy. How many of you know that there are sicknesses that happen in our lives that come from our choices? Come on church. There are sicknesses that come from choices that we make in our life. And if God would just supernaturally heal you right away from that the way of living that you're living and you see that healing thing comes, your heart hasn't changed just yet. And what he wants to do is he wants to get into you and make you whole and under, just he wants to peel those things back. And so we say, why doesn't God heal all the time? Well, not all of the sickness that we have is from the enemy only. He's given us power of the enemy. And I believe if there is sickness and there's oppression because of the devil specifically, then we will lay hands on them and they will recover. And I mean like right now. But there are other things in the... the, We live in a fallen world. How many know there's like germs out there? Right? And because the world has fallen, because Adam and Eve sinned, and there's sin in the world, I don't, I don't rebuke the devil every time I have a sniffle. Okay? Because we live in the world. There's so, you're gonna, we're mortal bodies, guys. Guess what? Every one of us is going to die. Because we live in a fallen world. We're in this mortal body. It's, we don't get to last forever. So there's this sense of there is things that happen in this world to our bodies that we can't just, in the name of Jesus, stop them from happening. You can't, in the name of Jesus, say, I'm going to live forever on this earth, (laughs) physically. But when you accept Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I will live for eternity with him in my spirit, in the spiritual realm. And then there is this sickness that happens just from sin. Guys, how many even know? I mean, in lifestyle choices that we have sickness ends up happening. You can't continue to drink alcohol, for say, you know, for 20, 30 years on a very, very heavy basis, and then say, I don't understand why I have liver disease. This must be from the enemy. Well, yeah, the enemy is the one who always wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but there are choices that you're making and partnering with the enemy that is just in the natural realm and the physical realm. And then there's the enemy. And I want to read this one about the enemy because I think that's what we're talking about here uh, in the Scripture. Luke 13, 16, just to show that there is specific things that come from the enemy, says this. So ought not to this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Think of it. Satan was the one who caused this sickness and infirmity in in Luke 13. Think of it. For 18 years... And he loosed the bond on the Sabbath. This is where Jesus heals on the Sabbath. But what this scripture is just pointing out to us is that there are many times where there's oppression specifically from the enemy. And that the believer's authority that's given us is where we step up and say, In the name of Jesus, no more. And we can lay hands on the sick and we shall see them recover. So this divine healing, this is the key question. This is the key thing we have to do. We have to ask and seek the Holy Spirit in every situation. And I, w- I would say that even before you go and say, I'm going to lay hands on the sick, I would say you take this to God and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, I want you to show me. I want you to reveal to me I want to talk about this issue. I want to talk about, Lord, show me and be in prayer. So we don't just run around. I mean, you can go around Walmart and just praying for everybody that you see and lay hands on, laying hands on them. But I would encourage you more so, that I think it is a more effective thing for the majority of us, unless you're an evangelist, with the actual anointing of healing, one of the gifts of the Spirit, and you can go around and see that happen, I encourage you to do that. However... For the most of us who aren't walking with the gifts of healing in that great measure, I would say we should seek the Holy Spirit in every situation before we go lay hands on the sick, before we go cast out that demon, before we go, whatever we're about to go do, seek the Holy Spirit. Because here's what I know, that the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the root cause of the issue. And many a times, it's not the praying for the person that impacts them, But it's that the Holy Spirit speaks to you something that's going on in their life. And you say it to them. And say, I think this is the issue. And this is what you're struggling with. And they're like, whoa, what? Have you been reading my journal? Have you been walking around? Are you like stalking me? Like how would you know these things? And the only way you know these things is through the Holy Spirit. So I would encourage all of us that first seek the Holy Spirit in every situation. Get before him and say, Lord, I need guidance in this situation. And you may get a different answer in certain circumstances. You're like, well, this worked last time when I did this. He may lead you and guide you to do something completely different in this time. And why I say that, because here's the the key point of this whole message, is God's goal is wholeness. Let me put that up there. God's goal for us is wholeness. It's his main motivation, wholeness of our spirit in accepting Jesus Christ, wholeness in our bodies, wholeness in our emotional state, in our mental state, in our relationship state. God's goal is whole. And he works differently in each person in different circumstances. And this is why sometimes we don't always get what we want. This is true. God has a bigger plan. God has a better plan. And so if you're here this morning and you're like, I don't understand why God has not done whatever. If you have brought it to him and you believe he is working, then you must sit there and trust in him that he is working a solution that may not be the one that your carnal mind came up with. That he's working on something in your life because his goal is whole. And he won't do something supernaturally to heal you or to change you in a moment if he wants the process to be a little bit longer. And that's how God works. It's an amazing, an amazing thing. His goal is discipleship of us. His goal is wholeness for us. And we talked about this a little bit this weekend. Liz and I were talking to somebody. Uh, but do you know, and I mentioned this before, that God's goal is whole. But what he really wants us is to have opened eyes. He wants us to have our eyes opened to his truth. And that's what he wants. And if you look at the Old Testament, you will not find anywhere a miracle of blind eyes being able to see. Not one can't find it. It didn't happen until Jesus came. Until Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, rose from the dead. Oh, when Jesus showed up, is when that miracle of blind eyes being opened began to occur and occur frequently. And so I find that interesting is that's in the physical realm, but I believe in the spiritual realm, this is what God wants to go do. He wants our eyes to be opened and revealed to his truth. Amen? uh, Gracie, if you want to come back up here. I have a few more things I was going to get to, but I think I'm going to do those next week. What I want to do this morning is this, is I want to, one, encourage you that if God said to do it and we do it in faith, he will deliver. He will deliver. So what I want this morning is, yes, we're going to seek the Holy Spirit in every situation, but I don't want you to be afraid in any way to go lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. I want this to be a part of operation in every part of our life. And that when you know someone, a family member, there are times where my own kids are sick or or they have an injury of some kind and I don't even go lay hands on them and pray for them. And I'm like, Pastor Jason, what are you doing, brother? This is a command that God told us as a believer we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And I will ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, reveal to me what the issue is. Whatever it is, I will do it. I will be led by you. I'll be guided by you. But that's not going to stop me from laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. So my challenge for you this week is if you know of someone that is in physical pain or in need of prayer, of healing, of a miracle, my challenge to you is go ask the Holy Spirit. What is it that you want me to do? What is it that's going on in their life? And I would encourage you to call them, to meet with them, to visit them, and to lay hands on them. This is not just a pastoral thing. I'm not the only one in this church that can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It's the believer's authority. It's every believer has the authority to lay hands on the sick. He gave them the authority to cure the diseases, not them, but through them. So I'm going to do this this morning. If you're here and you have a physical need in your body, or if you have an emotional need in some way, or you came here just desperate to have a touch from God this morning, I just want you to stand up right where you are. Just stand up right where you are. Come on. Thank you for being so bold. Now, church, as believers, as believers, I want you to surround, look around who's standing up, and I want you to go surround those people. Grab, Find someone, get around these people, get your hands on them, and just begin to pray. It's the believer's authority. We will pray for the sick, and they shall recover. Thank you, Lord. You don't need to wait for me. Just begin praying for them. I'm just going to read some scriptures out loud while you guys pray. He himself who bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. The Bible says... The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. Father, I speak life now in the name of Jesus. Every weapon formed against them will not prosper in Jesus' name. Father, open eyes today. Open eyes today. Open eyes today. Reveal to them. Show them. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all of your diseases. Who redeems you from a life of destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the evil. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Open eyes, Lord. Bodies healed in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Bible says, Assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst of them. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Praise your Praise you, For those who got prayed for, just raise your hands. Just begin to receive from the Lord that which he wants to do in your body, in your life, in your emotions, your relationships, whatever it is. I'm going to speak this over you. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And because you are bound, Satan, you and all your demonic forces may not come against these people. You may not come against their families, against their sleep, against their dreams, against their relationships, against their marriages, against their children. You may not come against them in Jesus' name. You are bound away from us and our families, and we are covered and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Satan, you may not steal, you may not kill, you may not destroy us or our property in Jesus' name. Satan, I remind you, you are defeated and that we are victorious in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you,
0: Lord. Noelle was just prayed for because her tummy hurts all the time. It's just a constant thing. And so I grabbed Pastor Andy. I said, you do it because I've been doing it. I've been praying for this kid. So we prayed for her and we walked over here in about 10 seconds. She's like, mom, I know i got to go to the bathroom. I was like, that's, that's the Lord. No, that is the Lord. That is Him. I mean, I don't know what's going on in there. I don't even care. (laughs) God is working and moving in her body, and it happens.
1: It happens. Praise. And I know
0: that it happened. And church, I want to tell you, all authority was given to His to His disciples, to believers. But what I'm telling you is that they lived a different way. Yeah, come on. They didn't live like the world anymore. He said, "Go. Don't pack two tunics. Don't don't do it the way the world would do it." So. We walk in this authority, but if you're just, if you're living this Christian life, but your life doesn't look much different than your unsaved friends, then you've got to get with God. When you, when you are a true believer, you look different, you live different. And it happens over time. Like I I say to me, we used to be regular people. and we're just not anymore we just do things different we do weird stuff like i haven't (laughs) eaten mcdonald's french fry in 15 years and we had one and i was so excited i was like oh my gosh we're gonna eat mcdonald's french fries i'm so excited the guy in line behind us was like have you what have you been in prison (laughs) i was like no i just don't eat mcdonald's french fries but now i'm gonna the
1: lord led us to stop eating fast food
0: Well, just to stop eating McDonald's. but we were free to do it that time and it was joyful whatever i'm just saying Your life just starts looking different because the Holy Spirit starts leading you and telling you what to do, and you obey. So let's go out this morning. I love that prayer. We take authority over the devil because we are disciples of Jesus.
1: We have a couple prayer teams up here that can pray with you at the end. If there's something else you would like prayer for, they'll be up here. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today you can come up here and get prayer and have Jesus enter into your life. I want to read this benediction over you as we leave. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commands, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket for kneading bowl, and blessed shall you be when you come in. And blessed shall you be when you go out in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have an amazing week. We love you guys.